Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. Talking Raptors. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a big Toronto welcome to the 44th President of the United States. It's Mr. Barack Obama! Flashy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the game! Mr. Barack Obama! <laughs> Taz, this is what you sound like at the London Knights games. Totally. That guy's good at his job. <laughs> Gets a standing ovation. Barack mm. Obama in Canada in a room full of people who didn't even know he was going to be there. Kinda Pretty cool. neat. At first, uh, when I was following on Twitter, people were saying he was going to be in Drake's seats. Mm. And so I was wondering, so does that mean Drake's giving up his seats? And then for a moment, I thought... Obama was stuck sitting beside Drake, which would just be terrible for Obama because you got like Drake getting up doing his thing, but he was a couple rows back. So yeah, he still up. had pretty good seats. He had great. I mean, he's sitting with uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Uh, I don't know. He's like he was there because of the Raptors. He's friends with Masai Ujiri, the Raptors president, but he's also a, a big basketball fan, and I think he's got, he's like he's friends with Steph Curry. So it was a little. I guess he's just there as a. Well, fan, he was but. shooting hoops out back of the uh, the old uh, White House when he was president of the United States. Wasn't yeah, he? Obama can ball. He's got he's handles. A baller. Well, even then, I would trust Obama to not be just you know a terrible sports fan where he's just going to be cheering for the Raptors just because he's in Toronto or he's just like the, the Hillary Clinton I put on that baseball cap, whatever town yeah. I'm in. He's Ugh. from Chicago. He's a Bulls fan, so he's just there as a basketball fan. Yeah, fan of the sport, and it would have been nice. To see the Raptors take that one home, it uh, it was close, but they kind of gave it away, Dev. They did. I mean, the the one of the big things you always have to look for with Golden State is in the third quarter they're known for their big their big pushes, and you got to withstand that. And that was one of the notable things missing from Game One. Golden State didn't have that big third quarter push last night. They did. They went on an 18-0 run to start the third quarter, and that was pretty much the game. The Raptors made it close late, but that was it. The frustrating thing, I think, for the Raptors is taking nothing away from Golden State because they played well, they made shots, they played good D. The Raptors, the the 18-0 run didn't happen because the Raptors are just completely shut down. They just missed shots. Yeah. So if they make shots, they probably win that game and you're in a completely different situation, but they didn't, so here we are. Thanks. Thanks, Captain Obvious. (laughs) (laughs) They they didn't didn't score. They needed to get more points than the other team, and then they would have won. No, well, like... (laughs) It's like I'm, I'm, I'm teasing, just yeah. I'm just saying like the, the 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 Golden State Warriors played better defense, but the 18-0 run didn't happen because the Raptors were just shut down. It, I was uh, watching the game with some buddies. Went to the washroom, came back. I was like, "What the hell happened?" At the start of the second or the third, it just was like a complete momentum shift. Mm-hmm. Jim, you were watching the game over at Shoeless Joe's, the new big Shoeless Joe's on King Street across from Budweiser Gardens. Huge TV in there. Biggest TV in any bar in London, Ontario. Oh, it's massive. It's got to be 30 feet wide. Papa Dave was one of the Raptors fans watching the game with you. He seemed to be having a good time. Raptors, yeah, baby! That's his catchphrase. (laughs) Papa Dave. Raptors, yeah, baby! Raptors, yeah, baby! (laughs) Uh, they are going to be uh, obviously having another uh, Raptors viewing party 
mm-hmm. on Wednesday night if you want to go to Shoeless Joe's. You could have dinner there, uh, watch the first half, and then for the second half, go over to Jurassic Park, which is on Dundas Street, Dundas Place. They shut it down last night, and they had uh, big screens up. They're going to be doing that for the rest of the series, Dev. Absolutely. There was a huge amount of uh, pressure put out by uh, Raptors fans in the city. Councillors and City Hall responded, so they set it up for last night. Game 3 Wednesday as well, Game 4 Friday, and we're at least going to get five games. So every game of the NBA Finals, you can go down to London Jurassic Park. Yeah, baby! And we've got a new segment here for you on the show. It is called Principals in Trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Some school principals in the news this morning. 47-year-old guy named Michael Camo. He was a principal at Holy Family Catholic School in Louisiana. Not here in London, in Port Allen, Louisiana. Last week... He chaperoned a school field trip to Washington, D.C. The nation's capital down there. Politics and stuff. A lot of stuff to learn about. The White House. Well, on Thursday night, he ducked out of the hotel, left the kids alone, and he headed over to the strip club. (laughs) He got super drunk, refused to pay his bill. The strip club called the cops. He was arrested for public intoxication and immediately resigned as principal of the school. He's been principal at this school for five years. He came from another school. Sounds like this guy, maybe he was headed for for, uh, unemployment. Anyways, he came from another school where he resigned from his principal job there after $120,000 in Hurricane Katrina recovery donations went missing. Oh, no. He probably put them all into singles and went to the strip club. (laughs) (laughs) No, I spent that money on Hurricane Katrina. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah, gentlemen. Welcome to the stage. Hurricane (laughs) Katrina. (laughs) Make it rain. (laughs) Make it hurricane. (laughs) (laughs) $120,000 you could. Yikes. So there is one... School principal in trouble. (laughs) And here's another one. There's a uh, woman who is very upset. A young lady uh, says at her high school graduation, her principal gave a speech and she recognized it. Um, So she went online. She said, where have I seen that? And she found out that this West Virginia high school principal plagiarized the speech he gave to the graduating class almost word for word. From Ashton Kutcher's what? 2013 Teen Choice Awards speech. Oh, my God. I've got a mashup of this principal and Ashton Kutcher at the Teen Choice Awards. Listen to this. I believe that, that opportunity, opportunity looks, looks a lot, a lot like, like hard, hard work. work. When I was a kid growing up... When I was 13, I had my first job with my dad carrying shingles up to the roof. Company carrying shingles up and down a ladder to a roof. Was and I've never, never had, had a job, job in my life... In my life... That I was better than. That I was better than. I was I always, was always lucky, lucky to have a job. To just have a job. And, and every, every job, job I had was a had stepping was stone a stepping to my stone next job. And I never quit my job until I had my next job. Until I had my next job. And so opportunities and so look opportunities a lot like work. me look like hard work. <laughs> he, there's no denying he oh. ripped off Ashton Kutcher. He even made up his, the, his same first job, <laughs> bringing the shingles up to the roof. I think the dead giveaway was when he goes, and then I got my big break on that 70s show, and the rest is history. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm shocked that he would be dumb enough to do that, but I'm also shocked that there's someone in the audience thinking, hold on a second, isn't that Ashton Kutcher's <laughs> speech from the 2013 Teen Choice Awards? Yeah. She is demanding, this student is demanding an apology from her principal. I think a lot of us want, I regret what I've done because I'm in a position of leadership and power and I'm a role model to students and doing this is something that I tell them is wrong, so I should think it's wrong too. I think this guy's best defense is, listen, at least I didn't embezzle $120,000 that was supposed to go to charity and get <laughs> arrested for public intoxication at the strip club last Thursday. <laughs> Could be worse. Could have been worse. And that is Principles in Trouble. We had a great time in St. Mary's, Ontario on Friday. They are our winners of our small town tournament of 64. The thing that got this whole small town tournament of 64 contest started, we were inspired by Jim Kelly's small town hookup story. And we realized that people, they love hearing about small towns in the FM 96 listening area. I want to take everyone back to that small town hookup story because it is hilarious Every time we go out to a small town, people are like, I love that thing Jim did with the hookup. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard on the radio. Figure, why not play it again this morning? Jim wanted to honor some of the smaller towns in uh, in the area just before Canada's birthday here, and you wanted to do it in a unique way. Yeah, I wanted to tell a story and see how many town names I could drop in there subtly and see if people would pick up on it. So I wrote a short story, and there's probably about... 40 town names I dropped in this one. See if you can pick them up, okay, Taz? I'm going to tell you the story here. Okay. The name of the story? The Ontario Hookup. By Jim Kelly. Well, I was outside of the pub last night having a Dartmouth when, uh, didn't actually have a wingman man with me, but I was still looking to get Lucknow, when all of a sudden this Broadhagen came up to me and asked if she could Peterborough my lighter. She was dressed in an Orangeville tank top and moose and knee-high boots. And she was uh, looking to party. She pulled out a bag of Etobicoke, and we snuck into the bathroom and got a little Del High. I got to be honest, looking at her, there was a whole list of things wrong with her. But mark of my words, I was desperate and aching for some Flesherton. We drank some uh, Bancroft beers and had a chatham about our lives. And when the bill came, I pulled out a wad of cash, and she looked at the money and said, God, you're rich. I said, yeah, I make money hand over fist. I'd have to be a blind river not to pick up the vibes she was putting out. She was pretty much throwing her Beaverton at me. <laughs> we left the bar and hopped in a Kappa's casing. I popped a minto on my mouth. The next thing you know, we're back at her place making out in the kitchener. <laughs> Turns out she was a little King Cardin, too. She excused herself to the Bathurst and came out Delaware nothing but her birthday Sault Ste. Marie. <laughs> you know, her Tecumseys were kind of Wasaga, but I didn't mind. <laughs> we headed into the bedroom and I started using my Palmerston. Then my fingal. I was really working that Clinton. You wouldn't believe the Owen sound she was making. Well, and the next thing you know, I hear a knock at the door, Chester, and she freezes. Thomas, she says. I pointed to myself and said, this ain't Thomas. She said, no, Thomas is my ex-husband. Well, God, things were looking pretty Grimsby, so at that point, I, I realized it was time to exit her. So I gathered my mountain bridges and made a dashwood out the window. Moral of the story, Taz, be careful with strangers, because after that day, I was feeling pretty Elderton, and when I peed, it shell burned for weeks. And if you like heavy metal music, you're not going to like this. Heavy metal could be bad for your health. Hmm. First off, 
New study has found it is the most distracting music to listen to while you're driving a car. <laughs> it makes your reaction time significantly slower. Well, because you're head banging the whole time. You can't see anything. <laughs> Hair spinning. <laughs> Classical music makes you too relaxed. So it's also near the top of the list. Uh. And uh, they say that um, most of the music that they play on FM 96 here is is the best music of to course. listen to while you drive. Obviously. Yeah. Way to go, researchers. <laughs> <laughs> the heavy metal music, though, when they uh, when they were doing this study, they used the band Slipknot mm-hmm. in the study. And speaking of Slipknot, things are going bad from bad to worse here. If you're trying to sing heavy metal music, apparently you can blow out your testicle. Wait, like if you're trying to hit a high note or something? Corey Taylor, lead singer of Slipknot, getting ready to kick off their European tour next week. And he tweeted out that, well, I'll read it verbatim here. Corey Taylor says, working on my 87 docking high notes this morning, effed around and blew out my left testicle. What? Careful on re-entry, kids. <laughs> I don't know. Is, oh. that, is that the sound it makes? <laughs> Boop. I figure it's more like a pop. <laughs> that definitely. Well, you always like on cartoons here, you know, With somebody gets note. hit in the junk and they go, ah! uh-huh. so they're somehow connected, I guess. <laughs> The cartoons don't steer me wrong. And if you get too high with the high note, the glass will shatter. That is true, too. So why couldn't you pop a testicle? <laughs> Oh, he man. included the hashtags, hashtag kiss of death, hashtag peeing blood. No way. So it sounds like this is a legit thing. He was trying to, he was trying, singing too hard, practicing for the upcoming Slipknot tour, and... Oh, you know, he doesn't have to wear the mask to look scary anymore, though. Just have a <laughs> crotchless pair of pants and <laughs> Do the terrify fly. the audience that way. Get well soon, Corey. We appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm typing in, can you hurt your testicles from singing? And it seems like you can. Testicle pain causes from the Mayo Clinic say one of the the things is from singing too high. What? Singing too high. So hitting those high notes. Holy cow. What the? So, like, after a vasectomy, you should definitely go to the recording studio. No, I got to look into this. Don't go to the recording studio. Do not go to karaoke after your vasectomy. <laughs> but if they're already hurting, you might get that next octave, you know? What's he? You'll just rock. Oh, my God. He'll just rock some journey. <laughs> Don't stop believing. Okay, there you go, kids. Yeah. <laughs> if you sing too high, you can do some damage down there. Yikes. You got a question. Ask a lawyer, ask a lawyer A question about custody or a neighbor Ask a lawyer, ask a lawyer Ian Snedden, partner with Cohen Highly Lawyers in studio. Good morning, Ian. Good morning. Ready for some uh, good questions here? Sure. We've got um, your specialty, which is family law, but you'll give your thoughts on any subject, right? Yes. 
All right. Even the Raptors. The question that uh, we just received on text message here, Jim. Uh, Can you ask if I would still need to pay spousal support if my ex is living with her boyfriend for a year and a half and they bought a house together? On Facebook, she calls it their dream home. I I sent him a message back and said, do you have kids? He says, uh, stepdaughter, she's 25, there's no child support as part of the separation. So this is just straight up spousal support. Sure, well, um, it depends on what their contract or court order says, but the best way I could answer it for now, it's not automatic that it ends if somebody lives with someone else. Sometimes people put it in contract that, uh, in a contract, that spousal support will end when somebody cohabits with another person for a certain period of time. But it's certainly not an automatic thing because, particularly when we're dealing with compensatory support, let's say in the first marriage, you're married for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And then as a result, and and there are kids from that relationship, and there's going to be a significant amount of spousal support paid. And then you get into a new relationship. Um, The new relationship is not determinative. Can't just say, oh, I'm off the hook now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it could be that even the first if, support even obligations if she higher. hooked up with a guy with Jeff Bezos and was living with a billionaire, this guy would still have to pay legally pay spousal support. To it her. seems a bit ridiculous. Like it bothers well, me. Well, there's a suggestion when you're if you are getting a divorce or a separate going through a separation right now, put that clause in there. Say, listen, the dream home clause. <laughs> yeah, if you move into your dream home with someone else, I'm not paying you anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and the income of the person would be a consideration too. But the the other thing you mentioned, Jim, if it's only been a relationship of a year and a half, the the new relationship does not meet the standard of a common law relationship. Mm. Um, it has to be three years unless there's a child together, then it's just of some significance. So uh, if they broke up, the new guy would not have a spousal support obligation yeah. because it's only been a year and a half. Okay, hope that helps. One more call here. Ask a lawyer, Ian Snedden from Cohen Hiley. Go ahead. What's your uh, question for Ian? Hi. Um, my ex-husband and I borrowed money from my dad, and it was a significant amount. And then we split, and he does not think he's responsible for paying half that money back. Give me a break. <laughs> so, sorry. Did what you did say- you borrow the money for? We borrowed it. I got cancer, and I couldn't work. And we just borrowed about $35,000 over the course of my treatment. And uh, This guy's looking like an even bigger D-bag now. <laughs> <laughs> Go go on. Uh, so and you borrowed it just to supplement w- what yeah, was coming into the household while you were I, sick. I'm self-employed and I had no income. So we used it to live, basically. And then we split up and he, I keep telling him, you owe me half that money. I've been paying my dad back and you owe half that money. And he said, I didn't know we borrowed that money from your dad. <laughs> so, but he did. Yes, he did. Absolutely, he did. Okay, so assuming he did know that the money was uh, was borrowed and that it was uh, it was being borrowed, it was not being gifted, um, then he would owe half of the money back, or it would. Did you say you were married? Yeah, we were married. Okay, yeah. or in in when you do the equalization of net family property, basically when you add up all the assets and the debts, then you yeah. would just give yourself the entire debt of $35,000, which would make him owe you more money or you okay. owe him less. Either okay. way, it's going to come out, whether he pays it directly or indirectly. We didn't have a lot of assets. Like, we still haven't even done any sort of legal separa- legal separation or 
uh, legal divorce or anything. Um, and he, he didn't pay child support for the first two years that we split either. I think it's time um, to get on the whole legal divorce thing. How did you go with your treatment? Everything's good? Everything's perfect, yeah. Well, that's, that's the best part of that story. <laughs> Thank you so much. worth going after him. <laughs> exactly. See you later. If you have a question, you want uh, some legal uh, consultation, go see our friends at Cohen Hiley Lawyers. CohenHiley.com is your website. And we will see you at the Cohen Hiley Annual Golf Tournament for Community Living London at the Oaks on Wednesday. You will see me there. Love it. Thanks for coming in. That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.